Thank you, Tim. Good to be with you. Uh, 12 days away from Election Day. You and I were talking off air a moment ago. Uh, the, the the difficulties, and I've spoken with every candidate about this, the challenges of campaigning in this era of coronavirus, uh, virtual debates, Zoom debates, forums. You have one of those the other night. How uh, You've run a number of times. How strange is this election season? Oh, it's definitely uh, just a different thing than we've ever experienced in the past. I mean, I mean, it just like everybody keeps saying, this is a crazy year. 2020 is just very new and different times, and that impacts your ability to campaign as well. Uh, in terms of coronavirus, and, and I know that from time to time, I don't know how frequently they do these now, but they have been in, in recent weeks and months holding these sometimes weekly conference calls, the hospitals, the various health officials on the horn with you folks, the legislative folks, the local elected leaders. Uh, how often do you have in these phone calls and what are your senses of, of what you're hearing about coronavirus and our response to it locally? We've been having uh, calls about every seven to 10 days and, and really have been since back in March. And, um, Really, I give credit to Houston Gaines has been kind of the point man on that, making certain that we get together and schedule it and just keep all the local um, delegation and, and the mayor uh, included uh, with just weekly updates from the healthcare community. So the heads of both hospitals and neighborhood health center and different uh you know, doctor groups in town all participate and, and give feedback on what we're facing, how we're dealing with it, what we need, um, sort of what the dangers are and how, how we're able to respond to the coronavirus. And it's been a fantastic uh, response by the local medical community. Uh, it's, it's just been great how they have put this first. They've uh, dedicated the necessary resources, gotten the required PPE, the the testing kits or whatever you call the the test that, that we needed and have been able to manage and maintain our medical system during this really incredible time of stress. Uh, and in terms of what you're hearing from these hospitals specifically in recent days, our, our hospitals' capacity for handling patients, getting patients, coronavirus, and other patients that come in, are, are you satisfied at this moment that our hospitals are where they need to be? Absolutely, yes. They, they are okay. They, uh, you know, the whole idea behind some of the, the tactics that various states use to try to combat coronavirus was never really to beat the disease. It was to maintain an efficient and working uh, health care system so you could treat the patients, to not overwhelm or overrun uh, the system with patients, with COVID patients, so that you, you know, were unable to treat people. And during the course of this, first of all, we have learned how to treat it much better uh, and, and to, to handle the cases to keep them from getting severe uh, as, as frequently as they were initially. But we've always had enough beds and had enough space, and enough room uh, to handle the patients in this region. And in many cases, have absorbed patients from other areas of the state where they had uh, you know, extreme stress on their health care providers.
Uh, Senator Bill Cowsert, uh, again on the re-election campaign trail a dozen days away from Election Day, first elected in 2006 in the legislature ever since and seeking another term and challenged in this election by Zachary Perry. You heard him coming in, the Bill of Particulars. Here's why I think Bill Cowsert's doing a lousy job in the Georgia Senate. He's not responsive. He's taken away local control on some important issues, a, a whole bill of particulars there. Uh, you hear this out on the campaign trail. Uh, you run into critics, I'm sure, from time to time uh what's the message what's the pitch for re-electing bill Cowser? yeah you know that's interesting that's that's one of the first times i've heard his pitch I hadn't seen much of him on the campaign trail uh at all you know my pitch is i mean i think it's just a track record of getting things done i've never been um you know one to seek the headlines to try to get the attention or whatever for um, being in public office, but I've, you know, been one of those, um, workhorses getting things done for the community that I represent. And I think we have a good record of doing that. I, you know, just locally here for the university of Georgia, which of course I'm a graduate and it's such a key cog to our local economy. When you look at the things we have done for the university and the time I've been in the office, it's, it's really impressive. I mean, start with the medical school speaking of you know the medical situation here with coronavirus we didn't have a medical school when i took office and we've built one from the ground up and it has now expanded uh the class size is up to 60 kids per class and it's going to be uh, a really impressive um, program there where we are putting out a lot of new doctors in the state of georgia that will tend to gravitate back to this area where they were educated improving greatly our health care system and the availability and accessibility of medical care. We started an engineering program from ground zero. I mean, we did have the ag engineering, but we've started an independent engineering school, which was quite a challenge, by the way, at the time we started that program because Georgia Tech was very defensive that, you know, they were the engineering <laughs> school and didn't want the competition. I mean, we demonstrated that the state needed more engineers to continue developing this economy, and we have developed one heck of an engineering school. Uh, one of the so things we're also it. told that we need, Senator Kouser, to continue to, to rebuild our economy, uh, high-speed Internet. That, that's becoming something of a, a, a sticking point uh, in trying to lure business and industry to especially the rural parts of the state, but some of the not-so-rural parts as well. What can the legislature do, what has been done, what will be done to, to get us better access? Well, that, of course, has been one of my top priorities uh, it, since I've been in the legislature, but particularly these last few years, uh, and especially after coronavirus, is showing us how important it is for education, for health care, with all the virtual uh, doctor's visits, uh, commerce, obviously, you really just can't compete in the business world without high-speed Internet connections. So what we've tried to do is reduce the barriers of entry into the, for the providers uh, of high-speed Internet. You know, I just generally call that broadband. Mm -hmm. And to, to let it be available in more areas and have more providers. The biggest thing in the last two years that we did, it was to allow the electric membership corporations to provide Internet service. Previously, you remember, these were set up by the state. They've given geographic monopolies to provide electric power. So they've got power poles running to every house and business in their um, protected territories, but they were only able to allow you know to serve 
power, electricity, not Internet. So we gave them the ability to run fiber optic cables to each of those houses that they already have the poles and they already have the easements and the access to them. Uh, and they're beginning to do that. We also uh, required those same EMCs to compete fairly with phone companies and cable companies. And we required them to reduce the amount they charge other providers to use their easements and, and poles to run fiber optic. We call those pole attachment fees that they charge. Those are some of the early steps that we've done that we're starting to see benefits already uh, to getting this broadband service out to all of Georgia. Well, I was going to so ask, that, are, are any of these EMCs taking advantage? Okay, now you can do it. Are, are any of them doing it? There are a couple that are. There are many that are starting to look at it and, and planning to do it, mostly through partnerships with existing providers. So it's kind of a slow-going thing. I personally have been disappointed with the the speed that they have uh, gotten into the business because it is so capital intensive. It costs so much money to run these, uh, the wire, the, the fiber optic cable to all the different homes. And it's a, it's a big capital investment to do it. And it takes a long time to recoup that from little monthly, you know, internet fees that people have. But we do have a couple of two or three of the EMCs that have already entered into programs or partnerships and, and many of them are discussing that because they're getting pressure from their members to say, listen, if, if, if you're a member of Jackson EMC or Walton EMC and you don't have high-speed internet and you know they have the ability or the authority to do it, well, then you go to your board members and say, you know, what gifts? Please run internet service to me. It's, it's just not fair for only the uh, densely populated metro areas to have high-speed internet and the rest of us. And it's not just rural country farm uh, areas of the state. It's also other just non-metro areas that don't have it. Senator Bill Cousert, up against it, have to leave it there. BillCousert.com is the website. BillCousert.com. 12 days till Election Day. He'd say get out and vote for Bill Cousert if you're in Senate District 46. Best of luck out there. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it.